interesting story that I uh, stumbled upon. So basically, PewDiePie has kind of uh, pissed off certain people from a certain community from YouTubers, right? Or of YouTubers or of streamers and all of that kind of stuff. Now, it's pretty much for like really no reason. Because apparently, recently, right, he has basically come out to do a reverse, basically a Uno card reverse card remove, like move, right, where he would basically do a face reveal of a non-face reveal, basically not doing his face, right, when he makes his videos. Now, if you don't even know who PewDiePie is, he is one of the top creators on YouTube and pretty much is the biggest individual creator as in there's not like a massive corporation behind him, right? Or it's not some massive corporation that's actually doing it. It's him turning on a camera and with an editor, right? It's like not really a massive team or anything like that. And... What I don't like, because you'll obviously see it within this uh, story here, is that pretty much every news article, right? Every single news article that basically writes about PewDiePie for some odd reason, right? Always tries to, like, hurt his reputation, which I don't understand, right? And, of course, we're going to go into this whole story and stuff, but I don't understand why it's every single news story, right? Because most people don't understand this, but PewDiePie has this, like, monthly, you know, YouTube membership thing, right? Where, you know, people could pay, I think, like, four nine nine or something per month, and he donates that money to charity, right? So he donates, like, six figures a month to charity, Right? Which he could easily just pocket. There's nothing stopping him from just pocketing six figures every single month from, just from his membership stuff, right? But he's doing that constantly, and he gets his community involved as well, right? So I, I don't like how they only basically paint a single side view of him. Like I don't like that. It's just it's very disappointing, right? When you see something like that. But let's get into the story. So the popular and controversial YouTuber, PewDiePie, has recently stopped showing his face in videos, opting to use avatars instead, while it appears that PewDiePie, whose real name is Felix, is only temporarily embracing the virtual YouTuber look. Some fans and members of the VTuber community have expressed concern about him glomming onto their subculture, particularly because of PewDiePie's reputation and apparently racist language that he's used in the past, right? So in a video posted on January 23rd, PewDiePie jokes that the only way for me to stay relevant at this point is to use an avatar. He points to the success of other popular faceless YouTubers like Dream and Corpse Husband and announces that he's going to perform a face unreveal in the videos he's shared since. PewDiePie has used a number of fan-submitted avatars, with some of them seeming anime-inspired, in spaces where it may otherwise show his face. Which also, I do like how he is including his fans as well, where they're actually able to submit avatars to him. 
but some people involved in the VTuber scene aren't happy with PewDiePie seemingly crashing their space. Considering past controversies in which the YouTuber has engaged in apparent racism or toyed with Nazi imagery, which I believe his thing was like a Fiverr joke thing, so I don't really like that. The YouTuber also said the N-word during a video game livestream in 2017 and subsequently apologized, right? So when expressing concerns about PewDiePie hopping on the VTuber bandwagon, a few people referenced these troubling instances of racism and anti-Semitism. But the thing is, again, I don't have, I don't like this because you're going to what go after someone constantly for them either saying something once or like basically infrequent. I I, I don't like painting someone in a singular paintbrush or in a singular color, right? Because life isn't like black and white kind of stuff, right? And I don't think that's really fair to paint him into that whole situation. So a VTuber named Lily told Newsweek in a Twitter DM that she doesn't think that PewDiePie is taking VTubing seriously. Given the quality of his avatar, nor does she think that he plans to interact with the community much, which, to be frank, why would he have to? Or why should he? She said that speaking out against him is more about making a statement about what VTubers value. Which I don't really understand because here's the thing. VTubers are just another form of a YouTuber, right? So... You can't really say a VTuber has some sort of, like, VTuber, like, VTubers on a whole have a higher moral ground than any other YouTuber or streamer or anything like that. Like, it doesn't really make sense. So this person says, I personally feel that condemning PewDiePie for his long history of doing something racist, apologizing, and promising to do better, and then doing it again while defenders claim that he's changed with little evidence to back it up, is necessary not to literally intimidate PewDiePie. And to back it down, because ultimately it doesn't hurt any of us if he wants to stream with a 3D model, but rather to reaffirm that our community does not tolerate that kind of conduct. Allowing those kinds of beliefs and attitudes to fester due to a policy of staying out of politics in a community is how you lead to toxic, hateful communities where marginalized people feel unsafe, she wrote. But I feel like she's pretty much doing a similar thing where, so to prevent someone from attacking a community, you're going to attack a person singularly? Like, you're going to, like, single them out and attack them so that they don't potentially say something that might hurt some people's feelings? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. So PewDiePie's fans seemed unfazed about the YouTuber's sudden facelessness and have mostly appeared to make memes out of the avatars that he's been using. They have responded to criticisms by telling VTubers and their fans to get offline. If you're letting the actions of one person on the internet control your whole life, you need to get off the internet. Stop living in the mindset that the internet is as nice as a rose because there is always thorns, one person wrote on Twitter recently. So then another person says, Daddy Boro. I see all these people met at PewDiePie for this, and honestly, if you're leaning... Oh, that's literally the exact same thing. So the Twitter account VTuber and VTuber fan Cringe shared screenshots of tweets from members of the VTube community who are upset about PewDiePie's current bit. 
In one tweet, the account called the VTubers fans' reaction a collective derangement. So PewDiePie jokingly becoming a VTuber is of course making some other VTubers worry about everything else other than their own content they should be producing. That is very true, right? See, this is another thing I never really understood. Why do people care so much about what another person is doing instead of working on themselves or working on their own content, which in turn will make them happier, right? That's something I don't understand. Like, if you're working on your own content, you're going to be a little bit more happier because it's your content, right? And the people who view your content is going to like that even more. And it's basically just going to be like a continuous amount of hate from VTubers or fans of VTubers. And it's just... it. Doesn't really make sense, right? So in a Twitter DM to Newsweek, VTuber Crins said that the reactions among the community have been mixed. Despite some people being upset, there are VTubers who see PewDiePie bringing a new audience to their corner of YouTube. A lot of reactions from the English-speaking community of VTubers has been mostly positive with people supporting his VTuber appearance. Some even being appreciative that someone with his social media presence and influence is shining a light on the community and exposing it to a wider audience, VTuber Cringe wrote. On the negative side of things, there are also other VTubers that bring up the past controversies he's been involved with and are of the opinion that his fans will bring negativity and bad behavior with him into the community. The latter group is much smaller than the former, however, they are very vocal about their issues with PewDiePie. But again... That's the thing. They act like things that come out of one end from themselves don't smell, right? Like That's the thing that I don't like about going after one person for their past because you act like you've never done anything questionable in your life, right? So VTuber Cringe also noted that there could be bad actors in PewDiePie's fan base who harass people who opposed the YouTuber's presence. That is unfortunate nature of a huge fan base and the internet, they wrote. But that could also be said to the same thing about them as well, right? Because they also have fans that will also defend them and then also go after people who don't agree with them. So Lily wrote that PewDiePie's fans who do dig deeper into VTubing may really be the ones who determine that his presence means for the community as a whole. She didn't sound hopeful. I can only see it hurting people like me who don't have a significant following and are much more likely to be targeted by harassment from the more reactionary parts of the existing VTuber fandom and a potential influx of PewDiePie's most adamant defenders, she predicted. Well, the thing is, it probably wouldn't be that surprising if you were to be attacked if you were to preemptively attack PewDiePie, right? You know, kind of doesn't make sense that you don't want to be attacked by people who support the person that you end up attacking, right? So a few other people online have compared this latest controversy to a similar backlash that streamer Pokimane received when she began using an avatar in some of her videos in September 2020. One person called on fans to just let the YouTubers create content that they enjoy without gatekeeping them from the VTuber community. But I feel like with Pokimane, it's probably more so that pretty much her whole thing is 
her and her physical appearance. So that's probably why her, like the reaction of her basically doing this stuff is very negative from basically her audience as well. Whereas PewDiePie, he's just him, right? He just likes to have fun, right? That's pretty much it. He's basically a guy who likes to have fun doing the whole floor gang thing on basically a daily basis. And that's pretty much it. And Newsweek reached out to PewDiePie via the contact email on his YouTube channel for comment, but did not receive a response in time for the publication. Which, by the way, I mean, I don't think PewDiePie would ever actually respond to anything like this. Because, again, like, there's really no point to this, right? There's like, there's really no point to this reaction. I mean, some people might be, you know, trying to attack him because they're a smaller creator and then they're trying to like reap off the benefits of that because you know the same you can see this with things done like whether you like trump or not a lot of reporters did this a lot of journalists which you know quotations journalists would do this where they like their whole shtick right was basically to attack trump whenever he said something so that they could gain followers to then basically create almost like a business out of it like an income stream out of it. And I see this the same way with PewDiePie because people know if they attack him, they're going to get a certain amount of people to see their stuff to then watch it, right? Like I understand it, but it's just sad to see because like let him just create content, right? Like why judge him for the content that he creates? Just let him create content. As long as he's not hurting anyone, just let him create content. Like, it just doesn't even make sense to me. Feel free to give your thoughts if you end up watching it. But, I mean, to me, VTubers are just another YouTuber. And if he ends up bringing that community a little bit larger following, I say that's a total net win to that community because... That means that whole community will get a whole new round of people that might actually stick around for the long term. Battle taking place between Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. So, Elon Musk blasts Jeff Bezos' Amazon, alleging effort to hamstring SpaceX's Starlink satellite internet. Right? So the two richest men on the planet are sparring in front of federal regulators over the massive satellite internet projects their companies are developing. So the SpaceX CEO, Elon Musk, took to Twitter on Tuesday, which he loves Twitter, as his company works to persuade Federal Communications Commission, or the FCC, officials that it should allow SpaceX to move some of its Starlink satellites to lower altitudes than originally planned. Jeff Bezos, Amazon has been among companies that have disputed SpaceX's request on the grounds that the modification would interfere with other satellites. Now, it does not serve the public to hamstring Starlink today for an Amazon satellite system that is at best several years away from operation, Musk said in a tweet. So basically, Michael Sheets, SpaceX dismissed Amazon's protest of the modification as attempts to stifle competition, saying Amazon makes misleading claims of interference 
and emphasizing that the competing project Cuper network represents still nascent plans. Right? And Amazon responded to Musk's comment in a statement to CNBC. The facts are simple. We designed the Cuper system to avoid interference with Starlink. And now SpaceX wants to change the design of its system. Those changes not only create a more dangerous environment for collisions in space, but they also increase radio interference for customers. Despite what SpaceX posts on Twitter, it is SpaceX's proposed changes that would hamstring competition among satellite systems. It is clearly in SpaceX's interest to smother competition in the cradle if they can, but it is certainly not in the public's interest, an Amazon spokesperson said. So Starlink is SpaceX's plan to build an interconnected internet network with about 12,000 satellites, designed to deliver high-speed internet to anywhere on the planet. With more than 1,000 satellites so far in orbit, SpaceX began a public beta program in October. Initial service is priced at $99 a month in addition to $499 upfront cost to order the Starlink kit, which includes a user terminal and Wi-Fi router to connect to the satellites. Meanwhile, Amazon has been working on its own satellite internet called Project Cuper, and it plans to launch 3,236 internet satellites into low Earth orbit, a system that would compete with Starlink. While Amazon in December passed a critical early hardware milestone for the antennas it needs to connect to the network, it has yet to begin producing or launching its satellites. So the FCC in July authorized Amazon's proposal for Cooper, which the company says it will invest more than $10 billion in to build. And most comments comes after SpaceX director David Goldman spoke with FCC officials late last week to discuss the company's proposal to move some of Starlink satellites to lower altitudes. In a presentation to the FCC, Goldman highlighted that Amazon representatives have had 30 meetings to oppose SpaceX, but no meetings to authorize its own system, arguing that the technology giant is attempting to stifle competition. In December, representatives of Amazon spoke with FCC Chairman Ajit Pai about SpaceX's request to modify its Starlink plans. Amazon asked that the FCC limit SpaceX's satellites to a minimum altitude of 580 kilometers into the regulator fully evaluates the detailed record on the significant interference concerns that Amazon believes are presented SpaceX's modification. SpaceX has indicated that it is capable of operating its system without exceeding 580 kilometers and has not demonstrated why such a condition should not be effective immediately. Amazon Corporate Counsel Mariah Dodson Schumann wrote in a letter to the FCC. And both companies' satellite networks represent ambitious projects, with SpaceX, like Amazon, saying its network will cost about $10 billion or more to build. Which, you know, reading this, right, you'd think that a simple, like a more simple solution, right, would be for the two companies to make a joint effort, a joint venture into doing this to keep things more streamlined, right? Because, one, if they were working together, they would not need to be fighting over space. But SpaceX leadership estimates that Starlink could bring in as much as $30 billion a year, or more than 10 times the annual revenue of its rocket business, which is pretty crazy when you really think about it. And SpaceX earlier this month expanded its better program to include customers in the United Kingdom and Canada. 
The company is looking to widely expand Starlink access internationally with public records showing the company registered in Austria, Australia, Argentina, Brazil, France, Chile, Colombia, Germany, Greece, Ireland, Italy, Mexico, Netherlands, New Zealand, New Zealand, the Philippines, South Africa, and even Spain. So this is actually a pretty cool idea when you really think about it, right? Like the idea of Amazon and, you know, SpaceX's whole basically worldwide internet system is a cool idea, right? Because, like, imagine if you could be, like, camping into the woods or something, like, deep in the forest, and you will still end up getting internet, right? That's pretty cool, right? That's actually very useful as well. So I can see how this could actually be very useful. It could be very helpful. It could save a lot of lives. It could create businesses in places that people never could have before. Or it could have created, um, basically an access point for education where in certain areas of the country or in the world, people can't actually learn anything, right? So this could actually help boost people's path to increasing their knowledge, thus bettering their life. So I see a lot of good in this. Like when you look at it from, you know, far away, I do not like two of the richest people in the world basically fighting each other as to who could basically, you know, shoot their toy into space first, right? I don't really like that. I think it'd be better if they're able to, like, you know, work together. But I don't think they like each other, like, at all. I'm pretty certain Elon does not like Bezos at all. So I highly doubt that they'll ever actually work together. But I can see... A situation where working together would just be better for them, right? Because they could just literally not have to worry about the FCC too much because they could just control the whole space together, right? Basically, both create their satellite in like a combined force and basically make it strong enough so that both of their companies can basically use it for their own stuff, right? Because take, for instance, Amazon, Hulu, Twitter, all that kind of stuff. Like a lot of companies already work together while not necessarily liking each other. So I don't see why Elon and Jeff wouldn't be able to do this. I feel like they could. I feel like they should. And it makes the most financial sense to them or basically for their companies, right? Because this would prevent the whole tape around, oh, you know, you need to be a certain distance. Oh, you can't be so close to my satellite. Oh, blah, 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 blah. When if they have all the same satellites that they're all working on, kind of gets rid of the whole problem, you know, at least in my mind. There's a problem. You should try to fix it and solve it pretty easily. Easily.